It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy uh, Points Podcast. Wait, yeah, there's a lot of F's. You got to, you got to give me, give me, give me a little bit of slack here. A lot of F's. The Fantasy Points Podcast Franchise Focus Series at FantasyPoints.com. My name's Joe Dolan. His name's Tom Brawley. His name's Graham Barfield. And if you're listening to this podcast, I would like to welcome all the people in our lives from uh who remember that th- th- isn't it just the biggest coincidence guys that like in the month of august there's just uh, all old friends they, they're coming around the corner they're like you know what al dolan's doing like i haven't <laughs> talked to him in a while it is they're back and we're back it's the franchise focus podcast series here at fantasypoints.com it is wonderful to be with you guys for yet another week we are going to be firing through these to get these done um I think I want to get them all shipped out, like at least by by the time like the first preseason game war, war, uh, comes around. So we're gonna have all thirty two teams covered. We waited as long as we could for the Deshaun Watson thing. I don't even think the Texans know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, so I don't know how we're supposed to know. But we got some clarity on the Green Bay Packers and uh, Denver situations. We were holding off on Denver just in case they traded for Rodgers. So those are gonna be coming down the pike next week. But it's good to be with you here on the franchise focus podcast series as we've been doing each and every week. Day guys, um, today's uh, the topic of conversation today is the New York Giants. But we were talking off air, uh, Tom and Graham, that the Giants are kind of boring, and we will find something to talk about with them. And I think it's going to all surround Daniel Jones. But we just before we came on to record the podcast today, we had some major news. And since we've already covered this particular team with a franchise focused podcast and article, I thought it would be prudent for us to update the people on the situation. Unless you live under a rock, you probably have heard by the time you listen to this podcast that uh, Colts coach Frank Reich, who is coming back from a stint on the COVID-19 list, Announced this uh, today, it's Monday, August 2nd, that quarterback Carson Wentz will indeed be having surgery for a foot injury. Now, Frank Wright came out and said this was like an old high school injury and a bone came loose and they're going to remove the bone. And guys, it comes with the weirdest time frame for an injury I have ever heard. Yeah, It is a 5 to 12 week recovery. Um, What this says to me is... Uh, first and foremost, I think the most obvious thing is the Eagles' chances of getting a first-round pick from the Colts are just like, they're, they're almost totally shot right now. Because even at five weeks, that would take Wentz right up to week one. Um, I wouldn't expect to see him at that point. The conditions on the, that pick, remember it was a conditional first-round pick and a third-round pick for Wentz. The third round already conveyed the Eagles used it this year. But uh, the conditional first, the conditions are Wentz has to play 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps in 2021 or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. That is in severe jeopardy right now. Um, When it comes to the Colts for fantasy, though, and Tom, I'm going to start with you. I mean, this just nukes the team for me. And I'm not saying I was like overly optimistic about Wentz this year, you know, just based on how he played last year. But I mean, good Lord, I, th- their quarterback now is Jacob. I don't think they have a quarterback who's thrown an NFL pass on their roster. That's something they should probably rectify uh, at, at at some point. But Tom, I mean, this is bad news for the Colts across the board and especially for fantasy where, you know, 
people weren't really drafting their receivers highly anyway, but I can't imagine that you feel like they have a ton of upside at this point. No, yeah, this this is, I'm going to be knocking, you know, I'll, I'll go in and do my best ball rankings here later today, but uh, I was already starting to move them down because I, I just assumed that Wentz was going to miss at least the first couple of games. Now we get this bizarre 5-12. to 12. Uh, I would, I, no, when, when it's that wide of a range, I'm going to go on the longer end. I think they're, you know, just trying to, you know, keep their fan base, uh, you know, a little sane, I guess, by giving that five week. But uh, I would be surprised if we see him in, you know, September, anytime in September. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going in with the expectation that he's missing at least three or four games going into this season. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be dropping him down in the, the QB 30 somewhere there. Uh, the the passing game. I mean, I'm not going to draft him, Tom. I, oh no, no, yeah, I won't be drafting. He's a he's a complete stay away at this point. Um, you know, there's there's no guarantee that he's going to get more mobility back as the season goes along. You know, he's going to be probably more confined to the pocket here going forward. Uh, it, it's just a suck for the entire offense. I'll, I'll probably be moving Jonathan Taylor, uh, probably outside of my first round here. I would think later today too, because I I just don't see the upside with this offense anymore. With you know Jacob East and Sam Ellinger, and uh, they signed Brett Hundley this weekend, so uh, just three guys that aren't going to be really able to carry the offense for the first month of the season oh, yeah. while Wentz is out. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd rather have yeah, the... a quarterback who doesn't have a pass thrown than Brett Hundley on my roster. So I mean, at least <laughs> there's that. Um, Graham, a- any thoughts here? I mean, this this offense was not one I was excited to invest in anyway, with the exception of like T.Y. Hilton late. I still think he's probably a value. I'm not like fretting that I have T.Y. Hilton shares, but I mean, yeah. with the exception, I mean, forget about it. I mean, t- just terrible. Yeah, the five to week, uh, five to twelve week thing is so funny to me too. It's like, oh, he could be back by week one, or oh, he could be back by like the middle of like November. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's hilarious at this point. The timeline of this all is is bizarre too. Like over the weekend, they're saying, oh, we're gonna see if he can, you know, just kind of like take it easy and probably, you know, hopefully he can av- avoid surgery. It's not a less frank, and now you know Monday it turns around, it's maybe getting worse, and they're like, okay, yeah, we should just go ahead and. Uh, try to fix this but yeah I'm with you I mean I was kind of low on Jonathan Taylor to begin with um I had Aaron Jones like significantly ahead of him Devontae Adams significantly ahead I'm closer to like Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley and yeah I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be moving them down too I, I really didn't have much JT to begin with and you know now I'm, I'm probably gonna be even more uh mm-hmm. more I guess cautious uh, around his ADP. If he slips, if he starts slipping in like the mid second round though, that's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb range. And, and I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm like a little higher on him than I am Chubb as much as I love Chubb only because of, uh, I just think Taylor's got a better shot to be like a true bell cow. Even if, um, uh, well now here's the other thing though. I was kind of excited about Taylor with Wentz because Wentz doesn't check the ball down. So I didn't think that was going to be I thought there would be less incentive for the Colts to get Naeem Hines on the field than mm-hmm. when Phillip Rivers was quarterback, for instance. Now I don't know. I mean, I don't. Jacob Eason has a big arm, but Tom, let's explore the elephant in the room. Are the Colts going to trade for a quarterback? Because they have every incentive now. Because because I think there's a very low chance. Just just from my read on the situation, the Colts have every incentive to. Make sure Wentz takes as long as possible to get healthy because if they can just if they can just stem off. Uh, uh, by the way, it's a very tough early season schedule. But say you go like two and four over the first six weeks, and you're like, all right, we've got eleven games left. We're in a weak division. We can still make the playoffs. 
oh, and by the way, Wentz still might not play 75% of the snaps. That is the best outcome for the Colts. For them to do that, trading for a veteran quarterback is probably the best course of action. Be- um, so who's out there? Uh, yeah, everybody's going to everybody's really gonna say Nick Foles. Yeah, um, and that's not going to happen. I, I just don't see it happening. I, you know, his play has really fallen off here uh, the last couple of years, and you just you just don't want to bring that elephant back into the room. If you're really serious about rehabilitating, you know, Carson Wentz here, getting him back to where he was, uh, you know, the last, you know, at the start of his career, you're not going to bring in Nick Foles. You don't want to bring that elephant into the room. So uh, then you look elsewhere. I mean, there's not really any great names. You know, in terms of free agents, we, we said they brought in Brett Hundley. And, you know, I look at the other quarterback rooms. It's not like I, I just don't see a name out there. So uh, they've spent uh, draft picks on Jacob Eason here. Uh, you know, Sam Ellinger's is on the roster. I, I kind of see them probably sticking with the status quo here, giving one of these younger guys a chance. Uh, unless, you know, a big name gets, you know, cut during, uh, you know, towards the end of August, which I, I don't think will probably happen. But. Uh, I just don't see many, many avenues for them right now. So I, I think they kind of, they might have to suck it up and go into the season with, you know, Jacob Eason, uh, you know, a second year man as the quarterback here. And Frank Reich apparently told Eason, by the way, quote, it's your show. That's from Zach yeah. Kiefer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, that, that you're probably right now, like Frank Reich, they haven't had a sit down with, with Chris Ballard and, and and decided, hey, what are our options here? Wentz just got this news today, apparently. So, I mean, look, they, they there's a lot of time here. Graham, the only other guy I can think of is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep, and that's the yeah, that's the guy I mentioned uh, to you guys a little bit ago. Is like they would have to do some finagling with his contract. Um, you know, the Niners have probably tried to move Garoppolo quietly all offseason since they drafted Lance, and probably haven't had many suitors because of that contract. But yeah, the, the flip side to this too is like. The Colts' first five games are brutal. They play the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens, and they could theoretically start the season 0-5. Three of those three of those games, uh, Titans, Dolphins, and Ravens are all on the road, too. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, unfortunately for Colts fans, man, it's a really tough start of the year for them. Yeah, and so then, then the thing becomes, say you do start 0-5. Well, again, you have one more game this year to make up that gap. That's significant. But sure. if you get to the point where you're like, I'm, like we're it's not going to happen this year. Then the Colts, their their incentive should be: is Carson Wentz going to be our quarterback beyond this season? And that then you use it as an evaluation period. Um, I, I have also seen, by the way, Marcus Mariota thrown around. Um, I guess that could work too uh, if you want a stopgap. But you know, may, I think for the Colts, uh, maybe just from a franchise purpose, Tom here, the best bet for them is to get a look at Jacob Eason yep. because if they can't get, count on Carson Wentz beyond this year. You might as well see if you already have somebody in the building who you can count on. Yeah, that, that that's my thinking on it. You know, as Graham laid out there, the the, the opening stretch is going to be tough for anybody to come in, uh, you know, learn a new playbook and, you know, have success right out of the gate. So I, I think you give these guys a lot of reps in the, you know, three preseason games that you have. Play play these guys, you know, him and Ellinger, you know, each give them basically a half and, and see what you got. And, you know, they could be in a similar situation at the end of the year where they're like, do we really want to go forward with Carson Wentz? Do we have a viable option behind them? Um, you know, this was a team with fairly high aspirations, and now it almost feels like they're kind of like stuck in purgatory here a little bit. Uh, kind of, you know, this this season could go sideways for them. So, uh, I, I wasn't feeling that, you know, that was one of my best bets. I gave out under 10 wins, uh, you know, 
when we were doing the uh, franchise focuses uh, a couple weeks ago with the Colts, but uh, I haven't seen where the number is now. But um, is know, it this, even on the board? It might be on the board here later today. Yeah, they, probably, I, I, they probably took yeah, it yeah, off here over the weekend. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have an update uh, you know later this week. But uh, I, I think they're probably going to be you know that that AFC South is going to be uh, pretty wild. It's it's going to be pretty wide open. It's you know arguably the the weakest division in the in the league now, especially you know with the the situation at quarterback here for the Colts. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the NFC East, which was the weakest division in the NFL last year, uh, and let's talk New York Giants. Um, uh, uh, Tom, let's go to the the odds. Uh, season win total seven minus one thirty to the over, plus four fifty to win the NFC East, plus two ten to make the playoffs. Plus four thousand to win the NFC, plus eight thousand to win the Super Bowl. Tom, the markets are telling you here we do not believe the New York Giants are a contender, even in this weak division. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a little bit surprised. They made some pretty pretty good moves in the off season. Uh, got some difference makers and like Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, they brought in uh, Dory Jackson to potentially be that second quarterback uh, on this roster across from James Bradbury. So they made some you know pretty interesting you know signings here, but. Uh, still, you know, still pretty cool on them overall. You know, the win total has ticked up just a little bit from, uh, from March, but, uh, expectations are still really low. It's, it's all going to hinge on Daniel Jones, uh, as we know here. Uh, they, they kind of spent the off season. They drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round. So, uh, really trying to load up on the weaponry around him. But, uh, question remains if Jones is good enough to take advantage of it and, you know, I think there's still some question marks on that offensive line as well. That was uh, one spot where, you know, I think people thought that they would address it, you know, high in the draft. And they are going to give their, you know, first and their third round pick from last year. Um, you know, the two tackles, Pert and Thomas, they're, they're going to give those guys a chance to play. So, uh, it's you know, it's a lot on this offense is uh, on these, you know, early round picks that they've used the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Graham, for fantasy purposes, um, I have not been diving much into the Giants at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I am going to say our guy, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy, you've heard him here on the podcast, you you know him uh, uh, from the website. He is bullish on Saquon Barkley. Now, that doesn't mean the Giants aren't going to be cautious with Saquon Barkley. But Edwin believes that Saquon should be ready to go early and often this season. I have been taking Saquon if he falls to the back end of the first round, and I'm totally fine with taking Saquon if he falls to the back end of the first round. Uh, But here's the thing, Graham. Who else are you drafting from this team, and who else are you excited to draft from this team? Because I'm almost coming up empty here. I kind of like Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver three at like the five, six turn. Um, You know, for most of the summer, pretty much everybody's remained tame uh, on Galladay, and I get it. I mean – you know, Daniel Jones still has a long way to go in, um, in his you know progress as a quarterback. Um, I think the larger concern, <clears throat> excuse me, the larger concern is, is Jason Garrett. Um, Garrett, you know, I wrote this up in Franchise Focus, but Garrett was one of the most run-heavy coaches in all game situations last year. Uh, I, I'm not convinced he's going to know how to get all these pieces to work together. Um, but that being said, I mean, even if the Giants, you know, struggle and they are somewhere around their win total, um, they're going to have to throw quite a bit late in games, yeah. and that should be Kenny Galladay. I mean, uh, Jones has not had a perimeter alpha receiver like Galladay in his career, um, and and Daniel Jones is actually was actually kind of good at throwing deep downfield last year. So 
Um, I'm, I've kind of been in on Galladay as like a wide receiver three. I, I don't really want him like if I'm going to start my draft like running back heavy and take a quarterback like let's say in like the fourth round or something like that. I don't really want Galladay to be my two. I love him as a three um, just because you kind of have that like baked in safety with your first two guys. Um, but outside of that, man, yeah, it's it's pretty dusty. You know, yeah, I'm not I'm not excited to, to draft Ingram or Shepard or Slayton or, or any of those guys late. Yeah, and and uh, Tom, falling. what have you been doing? He's been falling a, a little bit here. I've noticed, you know, yeah. the, the Cincinnati receivers uh, with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, they've been kind of moving up draft boards. Uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk, you know, he's he has started to fall. I've seen him around in some six-round picks there. So uh, I'm with you, Graham. I, I've been taking him a little bit there. Uh, the only other guy, and I know, you know, he's, he's nothing sexy here, but Kadarius Tony. I mean, as a last round pick. Oh, he's free. Uh, he's, he is just so dirt cheap now. Uh, I, I realize that, you know, he's kind of behind on the depth chart right now. Uh, you know, had some, you know, issues with the, you know, reporting to camp, mini camp. And, uh, you know, there, there have been good reasons why he's slipped down the, the depth chart. But uh, I think by, you know, middle of the season, like he's going to have some sort of role here. Uh, you know, first round talent slip into the end, of, you know, 240 picks into drafts. Uh, so I've been taking some shares of him, uh, fully acknowledging that, you know, he might be a guy that gets out of the gates pretty slow, but uh, maybe not, maybe not somebody that you really need to target in season long. Uh, let him just sit out there on the waiver wire, but uh, a good little target at the end of drafts for me. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, just for what it's worth, we're, we're talking here on August 2nd, guys. We are still in the waking moments of training camp here, so let's not freak out. But Giants beat writers have been overtly saying that Daniel Jones has struggled so far in training yeah. camp. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I like for like a week of training camp, okay, we got the entire preseason coming. Let's not write the epitaph for his season just yet. Um, but the Giants would probably have to be concerned, Graham, with how he's responding to the fact that he knows this is a make-or-break season for him. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, it kind of goes back to the coaching staff, too. Like, I'm not super confident that Garrett's going to know, you know, <laughs> kind of know how to get all these pieces to, to mesh together. But, yeah, Dan Duggan over at The Athletic, I read a piece from him this weekend where he said, you know, him and Galladay, Daniel Jones and Galladay just have not been on the same page. Um, and it's definitely, it's, it's not time to freak out for sure. Um, but I also don't think it's necessarily a surprise when, you know, the track record, you know, last year (laughs) being the only track record was, uh, a mixed bag to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom, I, I mean, Daniel Jones, I, the problem I have with him is I don't think he like by any stretch of the, of the imagination stinks, but like, has he given us any reason to believe that he's ever going to be very good? Mm, not really. I mean, he, he certainly had some flashes. I mean, you think about uh, that game down in Tampa during his rookie season. There were some really, really good ceiling games. I think he yeah. had like four or five games where he scored 30-plus fantasy points. Uh, but, you know, that upside really wasn't there last year. Um, I just haven't seen it enough as a passer. He does run a little bit, which, you know, entices us a little bit more. for. for That's the one thing for fantasy is yep. the, the running. That's the yeah. one thing. Yeah, I just I just don't know if there's enough there for the passing, though. And, you know, where he's been drafted, you know, I've been targeting Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and, um, you know, he's about yeah. 150, 150 picks into drafts. I've been, you know, even like Ryan Fitzpatrick and more of an unknown with Tua, I've been uh, more willing to go there. I, I just don't know. 
Uh, maybe those were just kind of flash in the pan type games in the, uh, as, a, as a rookie in 2019, because we really didn't see much of that ceiling last year. So, yeah, you know, he I've been pretty cool on him, you know, mostly the entire offense here this all, all this offseason. Well, guys, uh, that'll wrap up the New York Giants podcast. It's just a team that I haven't been terribly excited to be diving into the waters on. And, you know, tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to be talking about another team that I haven't been terribly excited mm-hmm. to dive into the waters on. Uh, even though I'm intrigued by the team as a whole, that would be the New York Jets. Um, Obviously, we had the big Carson Wentz news today, and that was the big uh, focus at the top of this podcast. And I guess, guys, uh, we'll be continuing to update news. There will be training camp news coming down, but that is kind of the first real huge blow of training camp following the Cam Akers pre-training camp uh, uh, news. But that that one is a big blow for the Indianapolis Colts. A lot to digest with that one. I hope you all enjoyed this edition of the Franchise Focus podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Brawley and follow Graham on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Follow the site on Twitter at FantasyPTS. And remember to go to the website, subscribe if you want to read these massive articles that com- accompany these podcasts. More, more so the podcast accompany the articles. But uh, uh, maybe you prefer your audio content, but believe me, you will not regret the written content that we are putting out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we hope you join us tomorrow for a breakdown of the New York Jets. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Oh,